Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And hey, it's another Sunday of Indie Author Month. It is. This has been quite an author. We've had some amazing author interviews so far. And we have a really good one for you tonight, today, tonight, whenever. Today. Um, but before we tell you who's joining us for this Indie Author Spotlight this time, I wanted to remind everyone to listen all the way through <laughs> to the end of the episode. Um, we let you know all the stuff we have going on. And, sometimes you know, Becky missed... says ridiculous things. Sometimes Becky says ridiculous things. Um, so just make sure you listen all the way through. I also wanted to give some time here at the beginning of our episode to our Patreon campaign. Um, this month, as we've talked about all the indie authors and everything, I wanted to remind people that Buzzing About Romance is a 100% indie podcast. What does this mean? Um, it means that everything we do is done independently outside of a media company or a network. We currently do not have any advertisers on our podcasts. So this way, um, so the way we fund things for the podcast, our software, our editing, our website, all that kind of stuff is via our Patreon campaign. Part of the reason we do this is to give us the control to pick the topics and authors we want to interview. We do not use a booking agent or service for our podcast. Each author or book reviewed is decided by us and is a direct result of community feedback. We also do not have a fee that is charged to anyone for any events we hold, including happy hours or IG lives. So just wanted to remind everybody that, hey, we're indie too. We are indie. Um, so since I brought Patreon up already, give everybody a Patreon update. Okay. So we want to welcome new Patreon members, Janice and Julie. We are so excited that you have joined us and we are five, just five members away from our next big giveaway, which seems kind of crazy now that like I'm thinking about it. Cause it, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, we will be asking in the Patreon as to which author we should feature this time around. Last time we had one, it was for Penny Reed and it was all the things Penny Reed. Um, we have two more rounds, two more episodes of another round. This is a Patreon exclusive live stream where we are breaking down season two of Bridgertons. You can find details on our website um, on how to watch that. And then we also want to do a huge shout out to our very first Coffee of the Month member, Carrie. Each month, Carrie will receive a half a pound of artisan small batch coffee delivered directly to her door, all while supporting the podcast. And along with her coffee, she'll receive a bookish inspired sticker pack because Becky loves stickers, along with our reading journal that comes out quarterly. And once she's a member for six months, she will receive an exclusive buzzing about romance coffee mug. So if you would like to join our coffee, the month club and the coffee is delicious, Becky gets it and sends it to me too. And I love it. Um, you can find details at patreon.com backslash bookcase and coffee. Yeah. And it's every six months you'll get some kind of bookish coffee mug from mm -hmm. us so yes but the coffee is every month and it is the coffee is every month delicious and sometimes it's like basic and sometimes it's not so basic sometimes it's fancy coffee okay mm -hmm. so now to our author spotlight for indie author month uh on this episode of buzzing about romance we are featuring author katherine cowles mm -hmm. leah will you read katherine's bio 
Okay, writer of words, drinker of Diet Cokes, lover of all things cute and furry, especially her dog. Catherine has had her nose in a book since the time she could read and finally decide to write down some of her own stories. When she's not writing, she can be found exploring her home state of Oregon, listening to true crime podcasts, or searching for her next book boyfriend. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. So for the whole month of April, we've been highlighting and featuring indie authors. And uh, when we were making our list, I was I said to Leah, I was like, and Catherine Cowles. <laughs> well, and it's one of those things where you've been on my TBR for a long time, but you have, you don't have a huge backlist, but you have a decent enough backlist where I'm like, I, I'm a big binger. So like, I need yeah. the time to like <laughs> sit and focus. And I just was like, I don't have time to binge 10 books right now. But <laughs> so I, I binged five. Oh my goodness. And sorry now for she's... stealing so many hours. <laughs> oh no, don't, no, don't, be, don't sorry. be sorry at all. Well, now she's like, kind of like a toddler having a fit and a little bit of a slump because I made her stop reading those to read other things we need to read. It's just like, but I, I want to stay here. Like, no. I did want to stay there, but then we had other like things that we had to like pay attention to. I'm like, oh, I don't like hard. this. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So it made me a little grumpy and slumpy and I, but that's a whole other thing. Aww. But the books, the stories are so good. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's okay. So They'll be there when you go back. I know. <laughs> For another binge. For another exactly. binge, right? So, yeah. Catherine, one of the things that we're doing in these episodes is letting our listeners get to know you as not just an author, but also a little bit of a reader. So, first question we always like to ask, are you a reader of romance? Oh, big time. I am a big time romance reader. I have been for a long time, um, just a reader in general, but really, and read YA a lot and then really fell into romance probably in 2011 I think it was 2012 and have not looked back <laughs> there's plenty of books so it's not a sad exactly. place to be <laughs> no, real good one. <laughs> what drew you back into romance so I will tell you a funny story I um had gotten uh, bucked off a horse and hurt my back really badly and was doing a ton of reading kind of in that season of life. And I was reading a lot. I had read a lot of paranormal and like loved like um, Vampire Academy, those books. And I was mm -hmm. reading a lot of Jennifer L. Armentrout, like the Lux series. And then I saw that she had this other series that started with um, Wait For Me. Um, and I think that's what the um, the whole series is called. And I, so I just picked it up and I thought it was another YA book and I started reading it and I was listening to it on audio. And I still remember, I was like going on a walk. I was walking my dog at the time and you know, they're having this sweet scene. They start kissing. And then all of a sudden it like goes there. And I was like, <laughs> I thought everybody was like, could hear what I was listening to. I was like, beat red, but then I was like, good <laughs> and then I never looked back <laughs> that's, one the, prepared. <laughs> that's one of the best things though is you are in deep into an audiobook and it like we call it pop around here like the put out percentage oh and gosh. um it pops and you're like 
in it. And then you're looking around like, does anybody know what I'm listening to? Okay. Cause. (laughs) So true. I had a friend talk about, um, she was saying that she was listening to one of my audio books and she was went into the grocery store and then the sexy time started. She was like, I had to stop because I was so scared that somehow like my headphones were going to pop out. Something was going to happen. Like I had to turn it off. (laughs) I've randomly had the phone connect to like the house echoes and stuff. That's painful. The one was like a book and it was very naughty, very, very (laughs) naughty. (laughs) And um, it was an anal sex scene and it connected to our echo. And I had children because I (laughs) and I'm like, stop, echo, stop, stop. (laughs) I'm like, oh God, because it jumped from the car's Bluetooth to the house Bluetooth. Oh man. I also wonder how people do it when they're driving their car and then they go to like the fast food restaurant and order like and they put the window down. It's like oh gosh. I get so scared. I don't connect to my car for that very reason. I just listen to my AirPods because I get so freaked out about it. Well, and audio systems can you can hear them sometimes outside the car. And I think of some of those guys like Shane East or Sebastian York with those really deep reverberating voices like even joe arden's voice they're so Uh the way they reverb and i'm thinking somebody outside my car is gonna hear joe arden say cock and then it's gonna be all done oh my gosh too good too good too good (laughs) (laughs) so obviously you're a lover of books and reading so why an author so kind of tying into that whole horseback riding accident, I um, took some time off work when I had back surgery and it really needed to be off for probably like a year. And I just had been reading so much that I was like, you know what, if there was ever a time for me to write, this would be the time. Like that was not in the plan for me. I'd always been a massive reader. I had majored in journalism and theater in college. So I had some writing experience, but very different than writing a book. Mm -hmm. And um, I just got this little inkling of an idea to do it. And so Alessandra Torre has a couple of like writing your first book classes and they're fabulous. I highly recommend them to anybody who's thinking about it. She kind of holds your hand through the process and I loved it. And I just made this promise to myself that I was going to write one book. If I hated it, then I didn't have to write another one, but I was going to write one and just see if I could do it. And I did. And I fell in love. I just loved it so much. I loved creating worlds. Like I'll never forget. My mom asked me, she was like, after I wrote the first one, she was like, so do you have ideas for other books? <laughs> like, <laughs> that, like anyone would only have an idea for one. I was like, yeah, I've got lots. <laughs> and I still joke with her about it today. I was like, remember, remember when you thought <laughs> there was only one idea? <laughs> 15 books later. <laughs> I've never even like talked to an author that was like, when I wrote my first book, I had one idea. And that was it. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> but that's what my mom thought was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, that would be an interesting concept. So are you one of those that the authors like, or the authors, the characters speak to you in your head and like, 
I'm, I'm not so much that, um, I really kind of approach it as building the character first. And usually what I have to do is kind of like find that hook into them someplace where we are similar, where I understand where they're coming from. It could be tiny and the circumstances are usually completely different, you know, but something where I understand why they are the way they are. And then once I get to that point, it's usually, I mean, it's not always easy, but I can write that book then. So, and I think part of that comes from kind of that theater background of mm -hmm. doing a lot of character analysis. So I like, I kind of look at books as like puzzles and I'll get different pieces. Like I might have an idea for a specific kind of plot. I might have an idea for the backstory of a character. And then uh, I'll just, they're kind of all in my brain and slowly they'll start coming together. Like I'm going to put that plot piece with this character piece. And then all of a sudden more of it starts taking shape. And then I've got kind of a book that I know I want to write. That's awesome. That's, this is why I'm not writing a book, Leah. I mean, mine would look like all the stacks and piles. <laughs> I mean, we already list and stack and pile. I could just imagine like the chaos that would ensue. You should so see my notes app in my phone. It's like so <laughs> random. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Mine is too, but it's like this, like this appointment for this kid and the, like the husband's asking for this and we ran out of this. And it's just like, it makes sense to me, but if somebody else looked at it, it would be like, yeah. Well, if somebody looked at mine, they'd probably call the police. They'd be like, they'd be like stalker, serial killer. Like this person murdered because of this. They'd be like, who is this monster? I have lists with like genital piercings and which books have them. It's true. <laughs> she has a playbook. Like she has diagrams. Well, those, those aren't printed out. Those are still electronic. Yeah, they're in my oh phone, my but I did. People I would printed just think out. you're like a, a dirty bird. They would, I yeah, they it. think I'm some kind of sex fiend or something. Anyway, which I mean, isn't far from the truth, but. <laughs> so do you have a romantic trope that's your favorite to either read or write? So I'm curious if either of you have a guess for what one of my favorites might be. Do you have a prediction? I think one of your favorites well and i don't know if everyone considers it a trope but you love a damaged hero you like a hero i guess just yeah. either of your characters yeah, your heroines are kind of damaged one too, of them though. has to have like kind of a <laughs> so, past but you both <laughs> um and obviously small town is where your heart lives like you you kind of like that enemies to lovers though I have written a few of those and I do like it, but if you'll notice, I am bad at keeping them enemies. Like I get That's them okay. out of the enemies phase real fast. Like I don't like, I don't like the hero to be mean to the heroine. I, mm -hmm. I just can't, I'm not good at writing well, it. And beautifully broken, right? Was that the last one in the L Sutter Lake? Yeah. The um, broken uh, redemption. The broken redemption. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. That one, she was more the enemy. <laughs> Yeah, he she was, was like, like, I don't like you because I'm attracted to you. So therefore you right. must be bad. <laughs> he was totally like, he fell first. Yeah, exactly. He fell first oh, and he, he fell does hard. Does he pine? Yeah, he, pined. he totally pined. Oh, I love he a piner. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Because like in Wrecked, it's, 
I wouldn't call it second chance. I know it's like friends to lovers with a second chance twist is always. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. love, I would say the two that I love the most are friends to lovers and, um, like a woman on the run, basically like yeah. mm-hmm. heroin hiding from something in their past, you know? And so they Which, can't be honest. Wrecked Palace. That is, that is my book of yours. Like that book, I like would like to hold it and love it and <laughs> it will be mine forever oh my uh, God. because it's like everything that I love. It's, raising siblings which i Mm -hmm. find that concept you know so intriguing the raising of the siblings he's kind of hiding from the world and hiding from his past while and he's grumpy on top of it stinking (laughs) grumpy grumpy. and she's trying and she really is just happy in her life and just trying to keep it together so they totally are grumpy sunshine together Uh i don't know what it is about that book but you do like a hero that protects and the sheriff in the wrecked series (laughs) i know i asked this in your group too i asked this in your group too i love him i I know wait does he have a book no he doesn't why i i I thought i was getting him nope so my honestly my (sighs) first plan was for him to be the spinoff from the wrecked series was like for him to be book one of a new series Mm -hmm. but I just didn't have an idea like it's those puzzle pieces that I was talking about like I've got some of him in my head but it has not connected I would love to write a book about him one day I would love whether that be a standalone or you know yeah, I would love to theories. read a book about him one day. I get in a lot of trouble. People are like, and because I was planning to write a book for him, he's in that that series a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but so. he's one of those great side characters that he adds so much to every story he's in. And he's memorable. And even if he didn't get a story, I honestly do believe that he lives happily ever after. Like, I want it, but he's just so well done and so well developed that. Yeah, we don't need. Well, but I will be kind sad. <laughs> I, I I have gotten some messages, you know, being like, I kind of got lectured by someone who messaged. Oh, my, that was not me. I'm that page. crazy. I am that crazy, but I wasn't me. <laughs> like telling me how much he needed his happily ever after and that he'd helped everybody else get their happily ever after, but he, you know, hadn't gotten his yet. And it just made me laugh so much. I was like, I love this. I love how invested you are. <laughs> he's so fierce and protective. So he's going to need the girl on the run that mm-hmm. he's got to save and maybe an age gap. Maybe he needs an age gap. Ooh, I do love an age gap too. That's too. Really yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. I think, you know, I think part of it too, is like, I haven't exactly figured out what his damage is. And that's a lot of me figuring out like the character, like kind of yeah. how, how has the world broken them? I guess, you know, yeah. he's just such a know, great but if guy. You give him a, like a super damaged heroin. You don't really need that's to damage true. I don't him even too need much. It. It could just be real, you know, it could be real bad over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at us just trying to write her book. We were like saying we're okay if we don't get it, but here we're going to give give you you all the ideas. ideas. (laughs) We just can't help ourselves. So funny. Yeah, I asked in 
my reader group the other day, I'm working on like a little side project, kind of like short novella for an anthology. And I was like, tell me your favorite tropes. Like, so I was trying to get some ideas going. And I think a couple of different people were like, how about Parker? I'm like, that's not a trope. (laughs) I I would be okay with just a novella with him. Well, because actually that's how you introduced your new series. You had the novella. in. I had the little short story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was delightful. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you liked it. It's not easy for me to write super short. So I was pretty proud of myself for getting that one done. Oh, mm-hmm. that, and that opened up this world so well. Like, well, and that is actually the first, that was the first thing I had read from you. And I was like, Ooh. oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So because it was like, I am going to release it, not like on just through book funnel, the mm-hmm. ebook. And I had it done in audio actually. And so I'm going to have both as like a free download for joining my newsletter. Mm-hmm. So in the next like month or so, I'm going to kind of put that out. And it's a great cool. idea. And it sucks you into the world. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I'm going to yeah. need more. I need, I need, I need. So um, I love hearing that. That's yeah. And just, you know, I'm so invested in Tattered and Torn. Before we came on here, I was like, I'm going to check the bookish shops. What merch do I need this week? And the t-shirt on Novel Grounds for Tattered. I was about to say. (laughs) It's so pretty. It's so pretty. pretty. It's an amazing job over there. Oh my gosh. Her stuff is gorgeous. And I was like, I think I need this. And there's a blanket. So I didn't even know there was a blanket. And then somebody posted this gorgeous picture. And I was like, maybe I need that blanket. Problem is, is if I order that blanket, my girl child will steal it. And then I will not have a blanket. T-shirt, I'm a little more likely to keep. Um, So let's talk about your writing process a little bit. And you talked about your puzzle pieces. But would you consider that more of a planner or a pantser? Or a little bit in between? I am definitely a planner. So the puzzle pieces are kind of step one. And then I move on to the second step when I've got like a good idea of like the core of the story and I will do note cards. So I'll, I have a big table in my office and I just start writing down scenes. You know, usually I know how it starts. I know kind of what the big drama is going to be. And obviously I know it's going to end with happily ever after. And then I just start filling in, you know, and usually once a scene comes to me, it's like, you kind of know what happens right before, you know, what happens after, and you just kind of keep building. And then once I've got, you know, around 50 chapters, you know, give or take, I'll then type up that those note cards into like kind of an outline. And then I'm usually tweaking as I'm doing that too. And then that gives me a jumping off point of when I'm starting writing, but things can change. Like I started a book last Monday and already I'm like, Ooh, I'm adding another little suspense element and that I wasn't expecting, but it just fits. And so I'm kind of like making notes on that outline as I go and you know, all of that kind of stuff. I will say that is something you do really well. I am super, super picky on romantic suspense. Super picky. Um, To the point that for a long time, everyone accused me of not liking it. And it wasn't that I don't like it. I'm just really specific in what I do like. And yours is so well done. Half the time I don't see it coming. Um, But again, because I'm just happily reading along and (laughs) slightly clueless. (laughs) Leah's like, page three. I know it. I got it. I'm like... (laughs) 
I love oh, it. I'm a suspense junkie, but you, you have, you're like what I like to call suspense light. That's, what, like, I, that's what I call myself. Because it's not so like intensely involved that like people who don't like suspense would not like your books. Like that's the thing. Like you have that, that perfect blend of angst and emotion and suspense where like if you're not sure if you like suspense, like you're a great place to start because you have like that perfect like middle ground of both. Oh, thank you. I always say like, this is a romance first and foremost, the suspense Mm -hmm. just kind of pushes that along and it raises the stakes. Like you take this hero and heroine and you put them under tremendous stress. And so that drives things in the relationship, both insecurities and pushing them together and, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. And I really love that as a reader. I, that's a lot of what I read is suspenseful stuff or paranormal basically. And I, I love it as a writer. I honestly don't know if I could write a book that had no suspense. I'd be like, but what happens? The one thing I like about them too, though, is because since I read so much of it, I usually can figure it out within the first like three or four chapters, like who's going to be the bad guy. But I read um, the first book in the Rex series. I did not have a clue who it was going to be. And when he, when, when he popped up on the pages, the bad guy was like, holy shit, I did not expect that. I love it. You know, I try and give a mix, like I am not the author who is looking for the big twist. That's just mm-hmm. not what motivates me. I want it to feel true to the story and I don't want to get lost going down that rabbit hole. Like there are authors who are amazing at the twist that makes your jaw go on the floor. Like that's me with A.L. Jackson's books. I'm always like, what? <laughs> um, but that is not my gifting. And so I kind of like mix it up. Like sometimes a good twist will come to me, but if Mm -hmm. it doesn't, like I'm okay with people knowing who the bad guy is. Like that's not, I don't mind, but it is really fun when something does come to you or when people are like, I had no idea who this was, you know, who it was or Mm -hmm. what was going to happen. And, you know, Um, and we'll get to it, but falling embers kind of did that to me. So (laughs) I was like, what the fuck here, people? Wait, <laughs> no, no. I had other thoughts, and obviously, yeah, I didn't expect a that lot of options. I, I actually thought it was somebody else the whole time, but oh, then when it, when it popped up, I was like, Ooh. "When yeah. we're done recording, you can tell me who you thought it was." Okay, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> we don't want to spoil that book. I want people to go read this series, and I Yay. think that that's something that's so great. You know, with your suspenses. Because it's small town and it's suspense light, those people that inherently love a small town romance are going to be drawn to these stories and the suspense and some a lot of times the antagonist in those stories, it could really happen in a small town. Yeah. It can for be sure. an ex or a you know, a neighbor or somebody from their life outside of that town. And I think that that is one of the things that draws me to your books is because your real, your small towns feel so like real, like I'm, I'm going to go to that place. Well, Didn't you know? I'm going to Anchor Island. And- <laughs> yay! Well, well I live in a very small town, but I, um, 
loosely kind of uses inspiration to create Sutter Lake, like people who are from the Pacific Northwest, I've gotten a lot of messages being like, is this such and such town? And I was like, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's part of it is I write towns that are around the size that I live in right mm -hmm. now. And that really does help. I think I can picture what it looks like. I know how it feels to live in a place like that. I know how it feels to move into a place like that, you know, kind of being an outsider. I, you know, all of those different things, I think it really helps. Yeah. Well, and you do it in such a way that they're close enough to the big city that you can get those big city feels, you know, mm -hmm. like we can, you know, head towards the city for, you know, the escape or you know the different and the drama things. can come from the city you know yeah. like it can be you can pull from that which is nice yeah I just love it I'm so obsessed anyway um so let's talk about that first those first moments of being an author so what made you make the decision and we we heard about the horseback riding but then to press publish so you wrote the book mm -hmm. but then you had to take that next step which is such a um it is a very scary moment. And I think the kind of naivete that I had in that moment helped <laughs> because now I go back to that first book and I think about all the mistakes I made and, you know, kind of cringing, you know, wanting my writing to be better. Like the problem is you could wait forever to publish your first book because you could say, I'm going to hold that book back because it's not as good as my second book is going to be, or my third book, or my fourth book, or my fifth book, you know, or you can just publish and you can learn from every single one, both from the publishing process and from the writing process. And I chose to go with the latter and I'm glad I did, but it is, it's hard. And, you know, there's things that I wish I would have done differently. I will say, you know, one piece of advice that I got from Alessandra was to do a standalone first. And I am glad I did that because I think it takes you, it takes you a few books to find your voice and to figure out your rhythm and to find the authenticity that is you. And so I think, you know, not pigeonholing myself into a series right off the bat was the, was the right thing to do. Yeah. A, a lot of new, a lot of authors will talk about that first book and that it's in the closet. Like I wrote a book yeah. and it will never I see. It, sometimes I wish it was in the closet. <laughs> and we have a, we've had a few authors that say like, it's in a box under my bed, never to ever come out. Yeah. And mine is for everyone to read. <laughs> I mean, but that's so, I mean, and not just brave, but you're putting your art out there. And that's something, you know, we're seeing a lot of these discussions happening right now about like, after a book is out in the world, and I'm not talking about like piracy or any of that. I'm just talking yeah. about like, who owns the work? Like whose yes. work is it for now? Mm -hmm. And um, I was talking to somebody, I, I also work in publishing, but I was talking to somebody and they said, it's like a painting, you know? When Picasso put a painting on the wall, it was, yeah, he owned it. It was his painting, but it was out in the world for everyone else to look at and to judge. And mm -hmm. that's hard to do. So as an author, it's, scary. it's so it's hard for like... you that you're putting it out in the world and damn, people are going to judge it. It's oh, so that's... true. <laughs> 
And it, well, there's, you know, there's times where it can be hard or painful or hurt your feelings or, <clears throat> you know, all of that. And there have been several times, you know, along the journey that, um, where I've thought back to when I was in that period where I was reading really voraciously and the thought that an author might cease like my review, like that didn't, that never entered my brain. Like I never thought that the person who wrote the book would ever see like what I had to say about it, like on Goodreads or Amazon or wherever. And so it is kind of interesting. You do, there's a shift that I have felt of like, just trying to understand, you know, people don't, they're not trying to hurt my feelings, you know, if they leave, you know, a mean reveal. Um, But I think as authors, like, uh, here's what I do. I usually am reading reviews on Goodreads, like when my ARC team has it, when bloggers have it, because these are people who are truly like my fans. They like my books. And I want to hear what the people who typically like my books have to say. Like, I think that that can be really helpful. Um, I won't always agree with them, you know, for good or for bad, you know, but I think it can be really helpful. And these are the people who have given like their time, their energy to supporting me. I want to support them back if I can, you know, I want to share their reviews. I want to like them. I want to, you know, all of that stuff. But then after that, I stop. It's done. It's out. I'm not changing that book. I'm moving on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that has been the healthiest balance. It, and I think it's a hard balance. It's hard, especially if you're a newer author coming out into the world. Um, wow. You published your first book in 2016? 2018. 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, th- <laughs> I was like <laughs> trying to look through like things. I'm like, I think what it was, two- <laughs> but I didn't write it down. So you did your first book in 2018. And so, you know, you've got a couple years now that you've been doing it. But I think that's something newer authors, uh, when we have the chance to talk to them, I often say, don't look at them. Don't don't look. It's going to take a couple bit, you know, you, that you're going to find. But on the other hand, I, and it's the good and the bad of social media. I never thought authors really cared what I thought about their books. Like I may like you, I'm a very (laughs) big reader and I read all the time. And it wasn't until I stumbled into a position in 2019 that the editor I was working for, she's like, why don't you review books? Why don't you have a blog? You read and you have such a history. And I'm like, because nobody cares what I have to say. (laughs) I just want to read the book. No, so many people do. And And other readers do too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I found many a good book by reading a one-star review who said there's too much foul language and sex in this book. Were you, were you the person who posted about that and on one of my socials recently? Because I got the funniest tag. It was not me, but I do enjoy Leah is the worst at that. She's like, we'll be laughing along. And I'm like, someone said this book had too much sex in it. And she's like, one click. I'm like, yep, okay. that's what somebody tagged me recently. And it just cracked me up. Cause at first I thought I had been tagged and somebody talking about a one-star review. And I was like, why? did you tag me in this? She was like, saw a one-star review for this book that said too much sex and cursing, downloaded it right then. <laughs> I was like, great. Yep. It was not me, but I do do that. She does do that. <laughs> yeah, but I remember you that first. Too, like... I do, I do. Well, actually, if I am, I don't know, are you a blurb reader? 
Yes. See, people can suck me in with a title. If a title has keywords in it that I know, okay, you know, like if it says single dad romance, one click. If it says, like I read, you know, the title is good girl. I'm like, praise kink in. (laughs) If the word kidnapping or mafia is in it, in. I love it. I don't, I read them, but I'm very lucky. I don't have any content or trigger warnings needed. Um, So I sit from a position of privilege in that situation. And, but yeah, like if it says naughty things in the title, I'm buying it. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. That's so good. (laughs) The naughtier, the better. Yes. Um, so what are what are your opinions on blurb writing? Because I'm always interested to see because there are some authors who love it, some authors who despise it, and some authors who make their assistants or their editors do it. I hate it with a passion that you do not even know. I hate it so much. But anytime you I've had blurb though. Oh, thank you. Anytime I have had someone else write it for me, it hasn't worked out well for me. I just, it -hmm. it hasn't felt like my book. Um, and I have a very specific kind of cadence to my blurbs. Mm -hmm. And if it's not like that, it sounds, it sounds weird, like in my ear. Um, but I do have several people who help me with them after I have written them. I will send them to a couple of different editors. I will send them to uh, other author friends. I send them to my publicist always um, and just kind of get a feel for, you know, what people are, have to say about them and if they would tighten them up in any way. And some are easier than others. I found like sometimes they just kind of come out and like one fell swoop and Mm -hmm. it's great. But then I've been trying to write the blurb for Fractured Sky the last book and the tattered and torn series for so long and it's it's horrible every time I try and write it it's just bad and so it's a it's hard it's just hard is there a lot of emotions for you in that book yes and in the book and in the season of life when I wrote it um Mm -hmm. it was just it was a really tough time my pup at the time passed away I was moving I like it just was off like it was like one bad thing after the other it is so interesting to me because we actually different there's an author that has pushed back multiple times their book and we we know it's because of their they're going through some emotional stuff Mm -hmm. and they're they tend to write quirky rom-coms and they're just yes. not there because not of that space. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it's very interesting to us that, you know, the books you write emotional books to start with, but you also yeah. were dealing with the grief of the loss of your pup and yeah. a move. Moving is not easy. Well, I'm moving old, is the worst. And it moving is, is the worst. worst. Not fun. And like, so we moved like two years ago and I said never, never again. I know. I never. feel you. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And while it's great that you have this artistic outlet that you can put feelings and emotions into the book, when the book is done, then you have to try to figure out how you can uh, encapsulate all those feelings into two paragraphs. In a hundred words or less. It's so, so true. <laughs> and I did, and I put a lot into that book and it's a heavy book because I will give you guys the, the exclusive it's Shiloh's 
it's Shiloh's book. It's oh. the last book in the series. And so, um <laughs> so Leah, before we I should see Leah's face. Leah thought Shiloh was gonna be book four. No. So book four, we don't know yet. <laughs> you don't know book four. You will meet some of you will meet the heroine of book four and book three, but you won't meet the hero until book four. Yeah, but um, we haven't met the hero of book three yet either. Have book we? Book three. Oh, no. Book three oh, yeah. is hidden. Book three is hidden waters. Yeah. Beckett. Oh yes, we did. Beckett, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong series. I'm mixing my series. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we met Peckett. Yeah, honestly, I have to tell but you very, very briefly, just to think I, for whatever reason, had killed Beckett off in she book did one. So, no, Becky I was thought like, he was yes. dead. Like, we were talking about <laughs> these books before I had read them. And well, he was like, gone. There's an older brother, but he, like, died and all this stuff. And then she's, like, telling me, I'm like, are you sure? Like, this is, this is right. She's like, I might have fell asleep. Oh my gosh. So she reread it. She's like, I think he's going to come back from the dead. I'm like, oh my God. Are you sure? <laughs> she's, and then she reread it and she's like, I was just really wrong. I was just really tired and really wrong. So I, I do it. kind of like half conscious sometimes sleep read. Oh like, my gosh. I know. Like, have you ever had like your iPad or your Kindle like fall on your face? Cause oh. like you're, you want to keep reading, but you're so tired. And like, I'll be like balancing it. And then all of a sudden it all hit me in the face. My poor mm-hmm. husband. My poor husband has had more books fall on his face and he's not really a reader. Oh he does podcasts and audiobooks. I dropped mine like on the floor and I thought like my dog fell off the bed. Like that's how loud it was. And I was like, oh my God, did I crack my screen? It was okay. It was so Oh my gosh. We're, we're a mess though. Um, so funny. So, so Catherine, did you always want to indie publish? Like, did you ever take this step to like query and do all of that? Or no. was it always like indie is the way I'm going? Yeah, I, I never did. I, when I started reading a lot of romance, I really fell into indie romance pretty darn quick. And mm. I loved how quickly they could get their books out. I loved the control that they had. Um, honestly, I just gravitated to more of those stories. And I think it's because they didn't totally fit a formula. Um, And I think that that really spoke to me. So I didn't even, I never queried an agent until now I have an agent who handles, you know, all my foreign rights stuff, but um, I didn't do that process until I had been published for a couple of years. What do you, um, what's the hardest part about being indie published? I think it's the fact that you have to do two full-time jobs at once. You have to be the writer and you have to be the publisher. And it is really, really difficult to do both of those things, especially as you try and write more books. You know, I wrote a lot more over quarantine mm-hmm. and it was okay until I had to start publishing more books. And then all of a sudden, I was really overwhelmed. And so I brought on a marketing manager this year who kind of runs a lot more of the business side of things for me. And that has helped hugely, but it's still a lot. It gets really, really overwhelming. And I think that is the hardest part overall for me. The hardest part of the writing process for me is editing, hands down editing. (laughs) So hard, so painful. Both of us work as editors, so oh my <laughs> God. we get it. 
We get it. And sometimes we get books and we're like, oh my. Yeah, sometimes we get a book and every once in a while we'll get a book and we'll be like, I will, I'll just ask the author because I'm just blatant like that. I'll be like, where are we at in the process of this book that you're sending it to me? Like, are we still willing to rewrite? Like, especially if it's like, they just wanted like beta feedback or something. Oh boy. I'll be like, where are we on the process? And we had one. Um, and it was like, they were like, nope, I want all the feedback, all the feedback. And we're like, okay, like, okay. here we go. And then I bet they changed their mind about how much feedback they wanted. <laughs> we don't know. We didn't really get a lot back from them. I didn't. Shockingly, I didn't. Although I did, I did um, read for somebody and I warned them ahead of time. I'm like, I can be kind of ruthless. And they're like, that's good. That's what I need. And I have done every single book of her since because she's hey. like, this is what I really need. I think, you know, especially as authors get bigger followings, I think they really value honesty because I think it can be really easy for people around you to kind of become a yes person. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a really hard balance to strike. I think, you know, between, I know I personally, like I, I need a balance of both. I need to hear what's good and what's not good because I Mm -hmm. learn as much from knowing what I did right than what I did wrong. Both are going to help me become a better writer. And, but I think what a lot of people maybe don't understand is that so much of writing is a mental game. Mm -hmm. I am constantly trying to stay in a positive headspace. I'm trying not to get behind on things so I don't feel overwhelmed. I'm trying to stay, you know, stay invested in my work in progress. And there's different things I can do to help that. But when I'm usually I will write in the morning and edit in the afternoon. And if my edits are really hard, it can bleed into the other book that I'm writing and be a real challenge. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard. And, you know, we have that as as editors, too. You know, if I'm really grumpy about, you know, Mm -hmm. my teenagers and their sass, then I sometimes have to be like, okay, I'm not going to be able to edit today because I do not want to take my cranky. Yeah, I'm just too cranky. Um, And then there are other times that I'm like in a great mood. (laughs) I go back and I review my edit notes and I'm like, I apparently love everything. (laughs) They're going to think I didn't even read their book. Oh my gosh. Well, but every once in a while, like you'll come across a book that it just, it works really well. And like, you don't have to tear, tear it apart. I hate saying it like that, but every once in a while, like I'll come across a book where I don't have to really do a lot to it. I'm like, this was a delightful day commas. for me. Commas are my problem. I have one author that I edit for. They love the Oxford comma. What's your feel on the Oxford comma? Are you a fan? I, I am a fan of the Oxford comma. I'm not going to lie. I'm so sorry. I love the Oxford comma. But I also am horrible at commas in general. Like my copy editor is a saint for dealing with me. I'm like, I'm just guessing with commas, do whatever you think is right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, going to like add like extra. I'll just put a comma here. It seems like it works. Yeah, I'm like, it feels like there should be a pause. So here you go. Comma. <laughs> and like whichever way, whenever I'm not sure, whichever way I go is wrong. So like, <laughs> I'm like ooh, does it need a comma here? I'll be like, I'm gonna put one. And she always takes it out. Takes it out. Yeah. Um, I had one book that I did copy edit on. It had like 
like an astronomical amount of commas, like 300 <laughs> of them in this manuscript. And I was like, I removed 178 of them because oh they were not needed. <laughs> I love it. I just like pro- probably like it's like a trade out for me. Like she probably like takes away 50. She adds 50 like, who knows? but it's a wash at the end. Like who really? Knows? I did a I did a proofread recently where they were a big fan of the colon. Like oh, there were no. colons everywhere. I'm like, why are they <laughs> using so like colons and semicolons? I'm like, there's a lot of colon stuff going on in this book that's hilarious like there were regular colons semicolons like commas everywhere i was like they're a big fan of the punctuation that's they just lot. like punctuation they my did. copy editor doesn't like semicolons or colons and every time she puts one in she always like explains why and she's like i'm so sorry this is the only way for this to be grammatically correct i'm like it's okay i don't care yep yep i i feel her pain to my soul <laughs> so you made the choice your books are wide so you are available on multiple platforms and you just had you were just picked for was it apple books you got yeah there were a couple of big things it um for tattered stars it was named one of um february's top uh books of the month and i think i was the only romance which was huge for me. And they feel like it really helped my readership over there. And then there was a big um, kind of like article or promotion on their app. I think it's still on there for uh, the spring's biggest books and Falling Embers was in that, which was really awesome. That is awesome. So what was your- it's Thank really good you. this series it's you guys so good. if you guys aren't reading it, you just need to go get it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you made the decision to be wide. So, and you also release audiobooks almost simultaneously with your books. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so for you, what, because independently you are doing that, your business is yes. doing that. So what helped you, what, what led you Broke towards that, that path yes. versus like just going Kindle unlimited and you know, that. So I, when I first was going through the publishing process and learning as much as I could about it. I really wanted to see how I could make my books look as much like a traditionally published book as possible. Like I wanted there to be very few ways in which you could tell it was an indie book. And so for me, that meant being on all the platforms. And I also like the fact that you know, whatever platform you read on, you can find my books, you know, you can find them in libraries, you can find them, you know, on every e-reader app, you can find them in, you can have your local bookstore order you a paperback and you can get them. So I really gravitated towards that. And then the audio piece really started because I am a huge audiobook addict. I love audiobooks. That's how I consume probably 95% of what I read and the other 5% are arcs, you know, from authors that I know that I'm reading early pretty much. So I have wanted my books in audio since I decided to publish, but it is very expensive to do that. And you don't always make your money back super fast, especially when you're starting out. So I actually spoke with um, Andy Arndt, who runs lyric audiobooks when I was first thinking about publishing because I was like well I could save up the money and do an audiobook for this even though it's expensive and she the kind angel human that she is even though this is her business to take my money she said don't do it she said 
she talked to me about her own experience. She was like, wait, and it was the best advice. So I didn't do the first book. And then when Sutter Lake was, I think it was only after the first book was out, I got contacted by an audiobook publisher who wanted to buy the rights to the books to bring them to audio, which was a great scenario for me at that point in time. I wasn't going to be able to afford to bring it to audio at that time and they would do it for me and there wouldn't be a big downside. They let me, you know, they picked great narrators. It was awesome. And then when I was getting ready to do the Wrecked series, I really felt like it was time for me to make that jump. And it was probably maybe a little too early, um, but I did it anyway, just knowing that I was starting a new series and knowing I was far enough ahead that I could have the ebook and audio come out at the same time. And I just made the jump. And in the beginning, it was very nail biting, like, oh my goodness, this is not making money back as quickly as I would like it to. But now I'm so happy I have, cause it just takes time to get traction in that space. And the mm -hmm. more audiobooks you have out there, the quicker you earn out and it's yeah. just much, much easier, but, well, but yeah, I think though, too, like the fact that you do release them basically like at the same time, like that is a a big factor because there are people yes. who like their weight, like who only do audiobooks and they're waiting and waiting and waiting. And like, I get that it's a cost, like it is very cost extensive for the audiobooks, but like, like we have a bunch of people in like our community who they, they thrive on the audiobook, And so they love the fact that that audiobook is released at the same time as the yeah. paperback. And I know for me as a reader, like I would hear all about, you know, this book coming out and I would want it in audio and it wouldn't come out at the same time. And then mm -hmm. I would lose track of that book. I would forget about it. I would move on to mm -hmm. the next one. So I just wanted to give myself a, as much of an upper hand as I could. And this was, this was the best way I could do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, I love that you're doing it. I love that you're doing it. Cause like it's accessibility and that's something that we have learned ourselves as we've built this community around the podcast is that, you know, we have different people in our community that because of whatever reason they need audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And it becomes, it can sometimes, you know, be hard when we're all like, oh my gosh, yeah, have you read this book? And they're like, no, no, because really, you know, it's hard for me because of, you know, my hands. I can't hold the Kindle mm -hmm. right now, or I can't hold and I need Vision the audiobook. Or whatever yeah. it mm -hmm. is, sensory, you know, things. So it's, I mean, kudos to you for taking the leap, because while I know it's hard to do that it is um it's amazing that you do do that that you put that thought into it so it's also selfish because i want to work with these narrators that i absolutely love and I'm like, oh my gosh I mean, this person is reading my words just <laughs> it does not make us sad you have some great great narrators i'm pretty I think, spoiled <laughs> i listened to i got to listen to tattered and torn and okay. that that was Teddy Hamilton, I think, right for that one. Um, so Tattered Stars was um, Zachary Weber and Andy Arndt, and okay, Zachary Weber is yes. one of my very favorite male narrators. I just I love his voice, um, 
and Andy is just incredible. Um, and so she's just a powerhouse. She has been around for ever. And I love her books. I always gravitate towards her audio narration. She does such a great job. She's a a real great actor. You know, like you can hear that. And, and same with, same with Zach. Like he's, he really just, he brings so much to the role. So yeah. So your current series right now is the Tattered and Torn series. Book one is the Tattered Stars. Yeah. And book two is Falling Embers. And so so it's going to be five books, five books. And it's book three is Hidden Waters. And that is Addie and Beckett. Mm -hmm. And book four is Shattered Sea. Characters TBD. Uh, book five <laughs> is the sister Shiloh and then a hero who I will give you the hint. You have heard his name already. Oh my God, now I'm going to have to go reread them. <laughs> Do not have time for this. Like we've, we've heard it in, in this series. You have heard it for sure in Tattered Stars. And I don't know if you have read it in Falling Embers or not. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look and see if I can search it. But um, those are my. Those are the. Uh, now for book four, the TBT characters. Have we met them yet, or do we meet them in book three? You meet the heroine in book three. Um, And you get a lot of screen time with her in book three. And then the hero is brand new. You meet him in that book. He's an outsider to the town. So he's new blood. The heroine is not an outsider. (laughs) The heroine is not an outsider. (laughs) You are like spilling all the tea, but not giving us anything. But she's not. She's spilling tea, but she's still like just, she's the dredges, like not even the good tea. I say in my reader group all the time, I'm the worst. <laughs> you can and keep I'm a just, secret. You can just you tell can keep them. a You're secret. Welcome. Like, yeah, Becky can't. I, don't tell me because I cannot keep a secret, but I'm obsessed. <laughs> you guys should like pick these books up. Um, Hidden Waters comes out in June. Yes, June 21st. We only have to wait forever. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's June, June 21st. That's the boy child's birthday. I guess June, I'll ignore him. Se- September and November. So it's not like we're waiting forever. No, it's pretty. Just, this is the, the closest that I've ever released. And honestly, probably the closest that I ever will release. But um, thank you. So are quarantine. you feeling pressure because of quarantine where you were able to write a lot and put out a lot? that you have to keep that same momentum. Cause that's something I've heard recently in talking to a couple authors that mm-hmm. they were able to write a lot cause they were home. Now mm-hmm. some authors couldn't write at all during quarantine because of the stress yeah. of it, but there are others that wrote so much and then it was really easy to put books out like, Oh, this is done. It's out. Um, but now they're feeling like in order to stay relevant and on people's one click lists and stuff like that, that, they have to keep that same momentum. So five, six books a year kind of feel. Are you feeling that pressure? You know, it's really challenging because I would love to, you know, release more. Um, and I did write a lot more over quarantine because I 
live alone. So it was like, okay, I've got all this time, you know, I'm not doing a whole bunch of social things. So here we go. This is now writing time. And it just kind of gave me a creative outlet and a challenge for myself. And so I worked on projects that, um, you know, that were in the pipeline. And then I worked on like a couple of side projects and just wrote way more than I usually do. And, but I didn't speed up my publishing process because I wasn't sure if that speed would be something that I could maintain. Mm -hmm. And the truth is I can't maintain it. So I could have released more books this year if I had really wanted to, but it wouldn't be fair because I would go from like six books and then go back to go down to three books. And I would much rather, you know, stay in a steadier place. I think probably Mm -hmm. four books is typically like where I'll land, you know, four books a year. Um, which, you know, for some people that's nothing for some people that's so much. Um, and I love when readers tell me that they're excited for the next book and they wish it was coming sooner and they're cussing me out because I, you know, I'm waiting too long. Like that makes me so happy. Um, so (laughs) I, I don't think I, I feel a business sense of pressure. Like it would be great to just like kind of, cause there is something when it comes to the algorithm of releasing books, especially on Amazon, you kind of are rewarded when you do things a little more quickly. So yeah. from that frame of mind, yes, I would love to do more, but I also know it's not worth me. You know, I don't want to burn out and mm-hmm. then, you know, have you don't to want to burn out. And you also don't want it to reflect in your stories because yes. there are some times where, you know, I, someone will be like, oh, this author's releasing this book. And then I read it and I'm like, this just felt like fan service. Like they yeah, gave us a story so because they love well, and it. And it's also too, like, where like, you can almost tell, like, they're just, just putting words on a page to try and get that book out there. And it's like, I would much rather wait five months for a book that is like, what like I know that you're capable of then read something that like you're just like putting out to get like a book out there it's so hard and I think you know so often so many authors put so much pressure on themselves like there there are a lot of voices you Mm -hmm. know and you're trying to do it right you're trying to make people happy and sometimes you end up putting yourself last which isn't gonna bring the best result on a lot of levels but it's hard not to you know yeah Yeah. um okay so everyone listening tattered stars is out now wherever you buy books uh falling embers out now it just released on tuesday april 12th um and again you guys can get those wherever you buy books the covers are beautiful Mm -hmm. and i know you're doing um muted covers or discrete covers i don't think Mm -hmm. you need them because your main covers are completely beautiful Mm -hmm. um and they look gorgeous on a shelf just they're beautiful i have not bought them yet but they are they're in my cart i need to just buy them because they're beautiful you're i'm just i'm obsessed with your covers um And the next book releases June 21st. It is called Hidden Waters. Um, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you for having me. This has been the most fun. I've loved it. Anytime. We are happy to have you back, especially if you'll, you know, spill the tea, but not spill spill the tea. tea. (laughs) All the tea. 
and not the stretches next time, like the actual tea. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love it. <laughs> Hey, that was a great interview. Catherine is so sweet. She's delightful. I feel like I say that every single time, but we have been so lucky to have such amazing author guests this year. Romance Landia is full of some of the best people. The best. Mm -hmm. The best, yes. So, um, okay. So we are working on some episodes for the podcast and have a list of questions on our website along with our Instagram one of the things that we're curious about is if there is an author you are hesitant to start reading because you are not sure where to start or because they have such a huge backlist. And you don't want to start at the beginning because, as Catherine said, what the way she writes now is not how it was when she started. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and we've um, had and we have been posing this question to authors and we will be giving all that information in a later episode, but we've had a couple different authors who say like, if you're asking this person, they'll say this, but if you're asking me, I would have you start here. So but yeah, we'll it's very all interesting that information. And it can be daunting because you kind of had that experience with Catherine's book. You wanted to read them, but she has a big backlist and you weren't exactly. Well, but my, part of my problem is I'm a binger too so like I need the time to like be able to sit down and read like 15 or 20 books like in like two weeks because that's how I roll because I love a good binge but sometimes I don't have time to binge because I have work and I have to I have podcast books and I do have right. children who need attention um, we're also curious if there are any terms that we use in reference to romance books or bookish things or book related in general that you would like us to clarify. Are you curious about what the word query means or if we're talking about, um, you know, uh, different literary terms or something like that that you're not sure of? We had a question recently about uh, character archetypes for female heroines like we hear mm -hmm. often the male hero the beta the alpha that kind Cinnamon of thing roll, the, the stern brunch daddy right but you don't always necessarily hear that for the the heroines so but there are found, some becky found and posted a list um i actually went digging back into some old uh lit notes there we go so but if you have questions you can email us with your questions or your responses to the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com and we want to say a huge congratulations to Hive member Susie because Susie became a grandma in March to the most adorable little guy. And we are so excited for Susie and her family. And we look forward to all the pictures. All the pictures, Susie. I need all, all the, pictures, the pictures, Susie. Um, so World Book Day is coming. And I just saw an advertisement for World Book Day on Amazon today. I did too. And I'm like, hey, that's our thing. Get out. Hey, but we beat Amazon. <laughs> right? We were first. We won. So we're celebrating World Book Day with a read-in for April 22nd through April 24th, 6 p.m. local time to 6 p.m. local time. We are encouraging you to read for 24 hours over a 48-hour period. As a community, we hope to read total 
20,000 pages and listen for 10,000 minutes. We would love to have you join us and pledge your pages and minutes. We will have giveaways and check-ins throughout the entire 48 hours, and you can make your pledge at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash worldbookday2022. Um, mm-hmm. And this is open to anyone. You do not yes. have to be a Patreon member. You just are going to, I'm going to encourage you if to If you have just join come our- across us like randomly and you think this sounds like a lot of fun. You yeah. can sign up and it for doesn't it. have to be all romance books. We don't no. care. Oh no, we don't it just care. Has to be a just, book. We just want people to read this weekend for mm-hmm. twenty four hours, or forty eight yep. hours, sort of, whatever. Anyway, Leah, what was your book of the week? Okay, so I actually do not have a book of the week this week because I've been in kind Swear. of a slump. No, I've been in a slump. So what I have been doing this week to try and get out of my book slump is I have been rereading a bunch of stuff. Um, and then I also found a couple like really dirty novellas that were like just delightful and easy. And it's, it's rough though, because like I was grumpy and when I'm grumpy, like books don't hit me the right way. And so like, and then I don't like to read books that I'm supposed to read. And so I kind of just have to like fall back on like those, those ones that I love. And I know it's going to give me exactly like all the feels that I want. So. Knock yeah, on wood. So. I have not had a slump yet this year. And I've had some grumpy moments, some books that you didn't have. hit, but I haven't last spring. I had a huge slump for mm-hmm. weeks, yes. weeks. I have not experienced that. So knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, cause my TBR is gigantic and I was left oh, unsupervised on NetGalley. But none of the, like for me, like none of it just sounded appealing. It was one of those things where I didn't want to read anything new because like I knew I wouldn't be going into it open-minded. I would be going into it grumpy and that is never a good thing. I have a way to get you out of your slump because my book of the week was amazing and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be talking about it until everybody else reads. (laughs) Yes, but it doesn't come out for a while. So it doesn't. The book is called Royal. So put this on your TBR people. It's Royal by Rebel Shaw. It releases on May 10th. And Rebel Shaw is a new pen name for authors Lacey Black and Kaylee Ryan writing together. Mm-hmm. Right? They have Lacey, they Lacey have Black co-written. and Kaylee Ryan are two different they, people, right? They are two different people, but they have co-written books together also. But this is a new thing that they're doing with the yeah. pen name, like the duo. So this was a super sexy nanny romance. I loved it so much. Um, I will, I'll just, just, just buy it and read it. But she's not going to talk about it because it doesn't come out until May. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil it. I want y'all to read it. But if you liked Emerson in Praise by Sarah Kate, you liked his gruff sexiness. This book, Finnegan Royal is dirty talker and he does tell her she's a good girl, but it's not praise kink, but, but she's a good girl, but he can dirty talk like yum. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, maybe I'll have to try that one out, but okay. So drunk book club is coming up. The next drunk book club is May 21st. We will be joined by author duo Max Monroe. We are going to be reading my bill, my brother's billionaire best friend, and they will be joining us for the evening book club is exclusive event for Patreon members, but 
if you think you would like to try it out, send us an email. We can shoot you a link to try us out for the month. If you like us, maybe you want to come back. If you don't like us, that's okay too, because we are not everybody's cup of tea. But you can find details at bookcaseandcoffee.com. Uh, we decided to put together a challenge for April and May. This is Spring mm-hmm. Fling Bingo Challenge. Um, Not to be confused with the chaos of the summer bingo. It is this one is bingo card. One bingo card, but it has some delightful squares on it. Um, when we think spring, we think mud and dirt, new life and growth, and we think of all the new plans and hopes that come with the start of spring. We are providing you with a guide to get rid of gray skies of winter and embrace the warmer days and spicier books. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And dirty. if you want to find that out, you can find details either on our Instagram or on the website. So our group read. We each month we host one or two group read discussions in our Discord server. The next book we are reading is In My Heart by Nora Everly. And we are discussing this on April 27th. And we will be live with Nora on Instagram on April 28th to ask all the questions. And I'm very excited because I love this series. And these and any of our Discord events are open to anyone who is interested in reading and talking books. And we have multiple channels. Like if you have specific like things that you, books you like to talk about. We have a suspense channel, a paranormal channel, a dark channel. So if there's like a type of book you like to read and talk about, check us out. Did you know you can support the podcast by shopping on Amazon via our Amazon affiliate link? You can find that link right on our website. You just click on it and it clicks you over to Amazon. And then all your purchases, if you're thinking about trying out Kindle Unlimited, you can mm-hmm. purchase that through that link or even Audible, and the podcast gets a kickback. And that helps us to continue to have giveaways and group reads and all the fun stuff and bring you all the episodes. Mm -hmm. So um, if you are enjoying this episode, please consider shopping for your things on Amazon via our affiliate link. So what are we talking about? Who is the last author for Indie Author Month? Our final spotlight episode for Indie Author Month is none other than Max Monroe. So they are hanging out with us at book club in May, and but we are we also sat down to talk to them, and we will be talking about their author journey and why they chose to stay indie, and also why they chose to write together. And plus, we will be getting the inside scoop on how they write steamy, funny rom coms and keep their stories feeling fresh. They were we. We actually have already gotten to do the interview with them and they were delightful and you're going to be so excited to talk here from them. You will definitely want to listen next week. Um, Okay. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.